praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, Jesus, blessed Savior, your word. Come on, everybody, let's do it again. I want to say from my heart, praise him, oh Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him, Jesus. Jesus, bless his Savior. You're worthy. rising from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same you're worthy Jesus is worthy he's worthy Father God, in the name of Jesus, you're so worthy. How great is our God. It was early this morning, dear God, that as I began to talk with you, I said thank you for being our God. Because you didn't have to do it, but you did. Father God, I've asked you all week, even last week to move upon this sanctuary that somebody here will hear your voice today 
someone would understand that it is high time to draw near to you, to do what thus said the Lord. It's not about us. It's got to be about you. In the name of Jesus, that name above all names, do what you do best, Lord. Save us from our sins. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Come on, let's give our musicians a big round of applause today. My God, my God. Amen. Thank you, thank you so much. We have some of the finest musicians in town. And with Eminem on the sax, I tell you, he'll, he'll take you back. He'll take you back. The brothers, they run to the chapel trying to get over there to hear Eminem. And he preaches, too. Oh, he's brought the word. Amen. And I didn't know he could preach till he got in there. A lot of things you can do inside of a prison that they're not going to allow you to do in here. See, we're going to allow you to maybe speak or teach or sing, and they ain't going to call the conference office on you. Amen. But you can do those things in there. So come and join us. We, we want you. We want you. What's love got to do with it? It's already had the scripture reading. For the sake of time, I won't read it again. What's love got to do? I'm not talking about Tina Turner today. <laughs> today, I want to share with you, and, and even this afternoon uh, at 4.30, you've got to come and, and just be here with us. I, I brought also for a, a donation. You can receive Barry Black's. He came out last year and did a powerful thing for us. And what about the children? Shared his testimony about when he went to jail. A lot of you didn't know that about Chaplain Barry Black. But uh, we got uh, some of that for you this afternoon. Earlene Piper Mandy, Dr. Mandy spoke for us in January at one of our prison ministries. Awful, aw just awesome sermon on Joseph in prison. Um, you've got to come and Roy Davis, the power of a praying mother. Mothers, don't stop praying for your children. There's power in the mother's prayers. This young man had double life in prison, and his mother prayed him out after 17 years, which is a miracle, because you don't have double life and get out in 17 years. You need to come and hear that, and many others. We, we have some CDs and DVDs for you this afternoon for a small donation. You can have that, but I want to talk about today, and I want to share with you one of the most important subjects that's found in the Bible. That subject is love. Everything in the book points to it. I don't care. People seem to enjoy listening to people talk about how much they in love. All oh, many of us have had our challenges in the arena of love, but I can bring my wife's grandparents who live 10 minutes from here into this church who have been married 68 years and let them talk about love and all of you will begin to smile. When I even ask granddad, I said, how in the world you stayed with one woman 68 years? He said, I learned to just shut up and just say, uh-huh. <laughs> most people like hearing about it. Most people like to talk about it. It brings a smile to most people's face. One of the biggest days of the year is Valentine's Day. I wonder why we only wait one time of the year to express so much love. Sees candy, people standing outside the door. Roses are sown in abundance on Valentine's Day. I don't care if you're in the world or in the church. There's something about love that makes the world go round. 
I, I even enjoy being in love. I, I enjoy giving love. But I want to help somebody today to understand to be a great lover. Now listen up, brothers and sisters. To be a great lover, and I ain't going to charge you for this one. To be a great lover, you must be an unselfish giver. This is why most people never experience true love. Because they themselves do not know how to give love. We have all of these misconceptions about what love is. I've heard people say, oh, I love my car. And they love their car so much they will take up two stalls uh, when they park it. I've seen and heard women say, oh, I love me some Denzel. Oh, girl, I just love Denzel. No, no, that's lust. I've heard brothers talk about Beyonce and Holly Berry. No, no, that's lust, brothers. You ain't in love with them people. You don't know nothing about them folkses. We have all these misconceptions about what love is. But I want you to know that when you look at the word love, it's an action word. It's an action word. This is why the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. And when God gave his son, he gave it with no other motive in mind but love. Some of you in this church, loving is easy. Some of you in this church, to give is easy. You find joy and satisfaction in giving. But for some of you here, giving is painful. It's like an obligation. It's a contract. When they get up and talk about tithing and offering, oh, Lord, here we go. And then when Brother Ashley comes, the little prison ministry offering, they oh, there he go again. And this is why so many relationships, my brother, go bad. Follow me today. Because we've got too many people in relationships for what the other person can do for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met brothers that say, I'm looking for a wife. I've heard women say, I'm looking for a husband just to keep me company. Oh, I'm tired of being alone. I've heard people say that uh, I, I need, I need a, 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 a husband, I need a wife because I want some hot cooked meals when I get home. I'll never forget, I was in the grocery store in the frozen food section, and I was getting some frozen vegetables, and there was a brother there, Donnie. He had a basket full of TV dinners. And as I looked over at the brother, he looked at me and said, man, I need a wife, man. I, I need some hard-cooked meals. I said, no, nah, brother, you need to learn how to cook. <laughs> Somebody need to teach you how to fix some beans and rice. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Don't need no woman just for that. If you do, you're in bad shape. Very seldom, very seldom do you hear people say that I want someone because I have so much to give. I want somebody because I want to love them up. You know, and, and as I was studying this thing, Martin, I thought about, you, let me just say something to the sisters. And I'm going to talk to the brothers because this is an equal opportunity show. You sisters have to understand the power that you have. The power. 
the power of the female's voice. In the Old Testament, a man only had two qualities to pick his woman by. He had her eyes and he had her voice. See, in biblical times, women wore the Islamic attire. They were covered from head to toe. They wore the veil. This is how Jacob could date a woman for seven years and marry the wrong one. <laughs> the women were covered from head to toe. There was nothing that you could see, brothers, to get excited. You couldn't see their hair. You couldn't see their legs. You couldn't see their breasts. All you had to go on was her voice and her eyes. So one of the greatest gifts, women, that God has given you is your voice. It's not the eyes. I used to think that when you looked into a woman's eyes, they said the eyes are the, window, the windows of the soul. And when you look into a woman's eyes and you see such softness, they, you say, oh, she is so kind. That's, don't go with that. Don't go with that, brothers. Don't go with that. Them eyes will play tricks on you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, ladies, you have power in your voice. God gave you power in your voice to nurture, to build up the man, and to build up your children. When a woman learns to talk to a brother, hear me, when a woman learns to talk to a brother, she will produce kings, she'll produce soldiers, she'll produce a man of God. I'm talking about the gift that God has given you. If you learn how to say the right things, my sister, you will get the, look, 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 let me tell you something right here first. Talk to the brothers right. Because if you talk to them right, you will get the wallet, you will get the credit cards, the future account, you will get it all. I mean, listen, when you think about it, Sarah would look at Abraham and say, my Lord. And sisters that are working the streets at night have learned this about the power of the voice. Because when they slide up on a brother, hey, baby, how you doing? Man, you got it going on. You all of that and a bowl of chips. They know what to say. I'm coming to you, brothers, but sisters, listen. Learn how to talk to the man. Your voice has power. You can make him a king. You can make him the man of God that God has called him to be. There is power in the female voice. What do you say? Now, brothers, let me go here because the sisters look at me like, when are you going to get to them? Brothers, you have to learn that this is a two-way street. The Bible says that we are to submit ourselves one to another. So, husbands, we know that you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. I said earlier that to be a great lover, if you're going to be a great lover, brother, you must be what? An unselfish giver. Listen to me. I'm not talking about giving your money. I'm not talking about that. A lot of brothers, we get so scared, Lord, she wants my money. You ain't got no money. <laughs> this is not about money. When your love is right for a person, you will wash the dishes, you will wash clothes, 
you will dry them and fold them up. You will walk in the house some days and say, baby, pack something. Where are we going? Don't worry about it. I just got you hooked up, girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you are loving it right, you will tell her, honey, I just want to plan something for you. Don't worry about nothing. You will take her out to dinner, surprise her. Just come on, let me just feed you. Huh? You will sit and talk with her. Many times, brothers, when we get married, we get this thing twisted. When I met my wife, I said, I need you to be my best friend. I need you to have my back. I got your back. That's why I don't sit and see. I have always see the door no matter where I'm at. I put her back to the door. No, because I need to be able to see the door. <laughs> my point is, is that we get it twisted. When we get married, we think that we should laugh and kick it with our boys. But we don't want to laugh and kick it with our woman. We find it hard to sit and laugh with her. Learn to talk with her. Learn to put on something funny and just sit there and laugh with her. Laughter is good in the relationship. It's okay to be a man. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a man, but there are times when we need to put that macho stuff aside. We need to allow it to die. There are times when it just needs to die, brothers, because our women, our women in our lives, uh, they need for us to be tender. They need for us to be strong. They need for us to be providers. There's a lot of things they need, and we can do it, brothers. That's why I'm talking today. It's not always about what somebody can give you. It's not about what they earn. A woman talking about, I want me a man that works. Girl, he's got to have a job. Yes, he should have a job. Girl, but he got to have five figures. He got to have six figures. Look, today, if he's at Burger King, thank you for the one figure. Yeah. Can't worry about no six-figure job today. If he's willing to work, thank you, Jesus. I want somebody with a good job. Lord, thank you he got one. What can it profit me? I'm so glad Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not like that. He is a great lover. He's unselfish. He constantly gives because he loves us. That's why I'm here today. To say to you, church, that we have got to change. Our text said today, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. We've got to change our attitudes. Uh, we've got to begin to look within ourselves and say, are we showing enough love to those that we're here with, those outside of this place? We've got to change our attitude when we ride down the street and we see the prostitute, we see the gangbanger. We want to change our attitude towards those in prison. We've got to love people. You want to see this church grow? Love them from the door to the pulpit. Get out in the community and show people the love of God. Don't turn your back on them as looking as if they've been enslaved to sin. Yes, the devil has taken them over. Don't look down at them. What would you do if it was your child? I often wonder when we look at people and, well, I don't want to go into that prison. I, uh, they're closing the door. What if your son was in there? What if your daughter was in there? What would you do then? Mm, but somebody else's child whom the devil has captured, 
and you don't want to reach out to them. What's love got to do with it? Huh? The child needs to be restored. Huh? Don't tell me that you love Jesus, but you can't love others. Have we ever thought about that? How can we stand up in church and saying, I love you, Lord, and, and all of these things that we say, we preach about it. We talk about how good God is, but what are our actions showing? How is it that we can love Jesus whom we have never seen, but we don't love people sitting in church next to us? Husbands not loving wives and wives not loving their husbands. I know it's difficult to love some of the people that sit next to you. No, don't, don't look at them. Just look straight ahead. Just, just smile. Just, just smile as I say. That. Just, just smile. Just smile. Don't, don't look at them crazy. Just smile. I know it's hard. I've worked with people that's been hard. I've got people in my family that it's hard to love. But Jesus says, I give you a new commandment that if you are going to be my disciples, it must be known that you are a loving person. We must learn to love if we're going to be saved. If you're going to be saved. We see, we, we as preachers, Zimini, we got to stop this. We're coming to church in these last days, and we're not really letting people understand that it's time for the games to stop. See, God is a God. He is no respecter of persons. He means business when he says he wants holiness. If we are going to be saved, we can't be playing around with sin. We've got to do what thus said the Lord. You've got to do it. There's no other way out. No other way. God is not going to excuse your sin. He does not understand why you keep going against him. He does not understand. He's not accepting it. This is why when Martin stands up here and he talks about prison ministry, it's hard for some of you to even have compassion. The man is crying out for his church to help him. And some of you will probably sit there as he was talking earlier, and even as I'm talking, probably going over your head. Why? Why is it that we lack so much love? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Here is the key. Mothers, fathers, husbands, and wives, listen to me. Here's the key. We have to change our attitudes because our lack of love is affecting our children. Oh, let me fix this right here. There are young people in this church, there are young people in our family that are hurting, they're going through certain things, they don't even want to tell you about it. They don't want to say nothing to you. This problem is tearing them up. The reason they don't want to tell you is because they have watched you. They have listened to you tear down others. Uh, they have listened and watched. You have no compassion for somebody out there. Don't have much compassion for those in the church. I know they ain't going to have none for me. I'm telling you what the young people tell me. That's one of the reasons why with my daughter, she's only 13, I want her to know that she sees her daddy loving other people. I want her to know that her daddy, yeah, he's doing prison ministry, but he loves people because I want her to know that I love her. 
kids have it, they have, they have a hard time understanding. How can you really say that you love me when I hear you tearing down people? We, I pass a certain person and you talk about them like a dog. You don't even want to volunteer to help feed the homeless. You don't want to do anything to help anybody. But how can I believe that you really love me if I tell you I'm on drugs? How can you really love me if I tell you that I'm doing something with a boy I ain't got no business doing or a girl? We've got it so twisted that when we come to church, we walk past the young people. We don't even speak to many of them. How, we should be saying, how you doing this morning? Blessings on you. They need to be spoken to. Oh, listen, folks, we got to get this thing together. The young people, when we walk into the church, when we see them, speak to them. Speak to them. How y'all doing today? Hey, young man. Hey, sister. How you doing? That goes a long ways. We can win more people to Jesus through love than any doctrine we have. People need to be loved. When you work with them in, their, in your jobs, in your family, when you're on the battlefield for the love, you've got to love them to death. Because love is the only agency that can tear down the barriers, that can heal the stony, broken heart. It is love. Nothing else but love. I think about Pastor Harry Williams. He's dead now. And I've got to rush because I know that we've been in church a long time today. And I've been rushing through this message. But Harry, Harry Williams is dead now. He died last year. Harry was a pastor for 20-something years in this church. Harry lived in Philadelphia. I think he was on the, what side of Philadelphia? It was a real rough side. I forgot the name of it. I don't know. It was Killer Blood or Death Alley or whatever. Harry was a, a man who believed in if you had some dope, his job was to take it from you. Harry would rob dope dealers in a heartbeat. They put some dope in one area of town, and the men over there told Harry, don't you touch this dope. We know you like to rob people. Your, my, your, your M.O. is have gun will travel. As soon as they put the dope over there, Harry went over there and took the people's dope. They caught Harry and they cut him from ear to ear. The doctor said, you'll never be able to speak. He was sent to prison, in and out of prison. But the last time he was there, there was five little old ladies from the Ebenezer Church in Philadelphia. The Adventist Church was going into that prison. Harry said that he wasn't thinking about God. All the people in his family were either preachers or deacons, but they were some of the biggest hypocrites, so he wasn't thinking about God. But as he sat in that prison, the men say, Harry, we ought to go to church tonight. Come on, man, they got some, and they wanted to trick Harry to get him to church. They said, man, they got some women coming to church. That's all you got to say for brothers inside the joint. They coming. <laughs> Harry gets inside the chapel. When he walks in, they had five little old ladies ranging from 75 to 90 years old. Harry said he was so mad he didn't know what to do. They had them little hats on. They had stockings you couldn't see through. They had the little knots tied in the stocking. <laughs> Harry says, Sister Humphrey, bless her heart, she's one of the old saints of that church. Sister Humphrey was standing at the podium. She said, when she stood up, she was so scared. She said, look, I want y'all to know that y'all some good boys. Y'all ain't no bad boys. You know, God. But Harry said what it did for him is that she looked at him and all those boys that night. She said, I want you to know that God loves you. And I love you too. 
Harry said in 33 years he had never heard nobody say that he was loved. He went back to his cell and cried like a baby. He said, Ashley, he said, it blew my mind. Nobody has ever said, I love you. Martin, this is one of the reasons why right now every time I go into a prison, I tell everybody, I love you, and God loves you. Because there are people who never heard it. Harry said he sat there, and every time he would go to the service, Sister Humphrey would say, young man, God loves you. And then she looked at him one day as she was shaking his hand. She said, you know what? You're going to be a preacher. Harry said, this woman then flipped out. And he kept, hearing, he kept hearing them talk about Oakwood College. And he was in there, he kept hearing about, he said, what is this Oakwood College? She said, you're going to be a preacher. So he said, when he got out of prison, he said, I'm going to Oakwood College. He didn't have no money. They didn't know he was coming. He got down there. Benjamin Rees, I think, was over everything at that time. And Harry walked in and he said, hey, my name is Harry Williams. I'm here to be a preacher. And they looked through the paper. They said, we don't see your name. He said, but I'm, God sent me. God should have told you I was coming. And the man said, well, where are you from? He said, I'm from the penitentiary. The man got so scared, he called up. <laughs> he called up a whole bunch of folks. He said, look, we got to have a board meeting right now. This man ain't got no money. He said, my God didn't send him. After that meeting, they allowed Harry in school, put him all the way through school. He was a pastor of ours for 20-something years. What's love got to do with it? Everything, sisters. Everything. Everything. I mean, you know, there, there's some parts of that testimony that if you get to if you get to CD, there's parts on there that he said that uh, he heard a bird one day when he got out of jail. I think Harry put this in there. I don't, you know, just for y'all may want to turn the tape off. But he said he saw a bird land in front of him, and the bird said, "Awkward, awkward, awkward." I don't know. Yeah, y'all, y'all just get the tape, get the tape, get the tape. It'll bless you. It'll bless you. Listen to me. If you are a disciple of Jesus. I have watched you here today again, and I've seen you express your love for the Lord, but I want to leave you with these things, and I'm gone. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you will not only help us, we need your help. We need you to go in. We need you to write letters. We need your help. If you are a true disciple of Christ, you will care about those that are on drugs. You will, you will care about when you see the prostitutes. You would have a different attitude towards the homeless and the homosexual. I used to have a problem with homosexual people, but I realized that they are God's children and I need to love them to God correct the problem. If you're sitting on the pews of this church, uh, you've got to love people. Turn with me and, as I leave with this. Turn with me to 1 John. Turn with me to 1 John. I just want to leave you with this. What's love got to do with it? Everything. If you're not going to love people, honey, you, you, you just might as well forget it. I want you, when you get to 1 John chapter 4, I want you to say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say give me a minute. I'll give you a minute because I want you to see this. And I know we started a little late today. We had a lot on the program, so I just want those to know that it's still not my fault that it's 2 o'clock. I want somebody to say, you know, Ashley came here and took all this time. No, 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 don't put that on me. First John chapter 4, verse 7. You got it, First John? 
chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to this. Lord, now touch their hearts as they hear this, Jesus. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God. And look, and even knows God. He that loveth not don't even know God. For God is love. Now that's heavy. You sitting here talking about, I know the Lord. He heard my cry. But if you can't love somebody, God said, hey, you don't even know me. Verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent, there it is again, that, gave, that action word, giving, his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be petitioned for our sins. Beloved, if God so love us, we also to love one another. No man has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is made perfect. Go to verse 18. There is no fear in love. Now, let me just address this right here. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. When someone says, well, you know, I'm scared to go in there. There are men and women in there that are dying that need to hear about Jesus. But you're saying, I'm scared. Scared of what? Because the Bible says that there is no fear in love. But perfect love will cast out that fear. Do you truly love the Lord? Verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Verse 20, if a man says, check this out right here. If a man says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that, we, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Who are your brothers? Just these in this church? Brothers in this text is talking about those who believe. We have men at Chino Prison that believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is their Savior. We have women that believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is their They are our brothers and sisters. If you do not want to love them, my Bible says that you don't even know God. My Bible says that you're a liar. That's heavy stuff. I want you to know as I close that we need to go and restore our brothers and sisters. What's love got to do with it? Everything. God showed his love when he came to save you and me. What's love got to do with this work of touch of love, touching people? Everything. God spared nothing to save you and me. God wants us to show his love. It's important that we be loving people, not to just the people in our house, and sometimes we're not even that, but to everyone that God says is your brothers and sisters. There was a man who was, he was a bum. He was homeless, Dr. King. He was, 
beg people for money, eat out of garbage cans, lay in the gutter after getting high. The pastor of this one church would see the man. The man would come up, give me some money, man. Give me, give me some money. Stinking. The pastor would, here, man, take, take the money. Man. Go. The man knew that the pastor had a church. And the man sometimes would come by and the pastor wouldn't even know. He would be outside hearing them talk about the love of God. One day, stinking, bleeding, hadn't had a bath and won't tell it how long. That man walked into that pastor's church while a lady was up talking about the love of God. The man started down the aisle. The pastor said, oh my goodness, here he come. Not in here to ask me for some money in here. The pastor beckoned for the man. Come, 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 come. And as he goes in his pocket, Martin, to give the man some money, the man looked at him, Jennifer, and said, Pastor, keep your money. I'm about to die out there. I want this Jesus that I hear y'all talking about. He said, I need Jesus. pastor said he took the man and put him in his arms and hugged him. All that stench that was on that man, the pastor said he didn't even smell it. It became a sweet aroma. The pastor took him and they cried. The man said, I need help. He said, please help me. The pastor said, deacons, take him, take him to the hospital. Took him to the hospital. They got him fixed up, bandaged up. When he came back, the pastor said, listen, I'm going to let you clean up some things around the church so we can give you a little pay number. They loving the man. Members started taking him home for dinner. They loving the man. They started putting their arms around him. They loving the man. The man looked up and he found a sister in the church that he, he really liked. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, boy. He's all cleaned up now. He's been in church for a year. They start dating. They get married. They make him a deacon in the church. After two years, the man said, I'm free now. He's still in the church today. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything problem is with us, we're not asking God. We're not talking to him about us being more loving. We're sitting back thinking we're going to heaven, not using our gifts for him. Oh, we can do it here in church. Oh, we want to get our gifts on in church. But what about those out there? What about the men and the women sitting in these jails that need to know that God is love? And the only way they're going to know is see you come in. I don't know about you, but I want to be saved. I wish today that someone would hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord, to just fix my heart. Please fix it. 
Listen to me. All of us here need to be praying that prayer. All of us. But somebody here today, and I know your son came down because he wants to give his heart to the Lord, and I just thank God, Mother, for your prayers. I thank God, son, for you. Somebody else here today, Real soft, musicians, real soft. Somebody else here today, God told you that I love you. He said, I love you with unconditional love. But God is saying, won't you just come and let me just pour down more on you. Let me just take you in my arms and just hold you. Won't you come? Won't you come and give God a chance? Come on and just surrender. Just give him a chance. Let him show you what he'll do. He's the greatest lover I've ever known. Come. One more minute. Give me a clean heart so I'm 
my heart so that I, Lord, I want to be used, used by Thee. Come on. For I'm not worthy of all thy, thy bless, thy blessings. Give me, Lord, a clean heart, Lord, Lord, give me. Church, y'all need to put your hands together. Softly, 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 softly. To the church, to the church. Strong men, strong men of God, strong men of God, strong men of God, strong men of God. church, listen. This next appeal is for you. No more should this brother have to go into Chino Men's Prison by himself. No more. Don't tell me that you love God and you've never seen him. But I can take you to a place where there are men sitting there that need to know that God loves them. There's some of you in this church that says, Lord, give me a clean heart. I want you to stand right where you are. Lord, give me a clean heart, Jesus. Give me a clean heart that I can be used by you. Give me a clean heart so I can do what thus said the Lord. Give me a clean heart that I'll put away this, this foolishness about fear. True love casts out fear. How can I call myself a child of God and be controlled by fear? That means I'll never go in certain neighborhoods because I, I'm scared. That's saying that God is not with me. God is not strong enough to protect me. Pastor King, I want you to come. I love you. Come in and pray with the church for us, man. And you know, wherever you go, we see you got to do something, man. We got to do something. Amen. Pray, 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 pray. Almighty God, we are so happy that we came here today. We came, dear Lord, and we were blessed. We listened, dear Lord, and you have taken us to another place, a place where love will reside in our hearts. Dear Lord, give us a clean heart. Uh, so that we may serve you faithfully from day to day. I want to thank you for the Touch of Love ministry and for what they have been doing in this community. Uh, we are thankful to, for those who went to prison, but they are not imprisoned by their sins. They have been made clean.
clean by the blood of the Lamb. The Lord, we ask that you keep a watch over them and protect them all the days of their lives. We pray for those who have come forward and have said, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. Oh, the Lord, take their lives and let them be consecrated now today. We want to thank you for this congregation that, are sta that is standing today. And all of us are saying, Lord, we just want you to be afresh and anew in our hearts today. Oh, the Lord, have that we will refocus. Have that we will be remade and reshaped. Have the Lord that we will have a, a, a divine makeover. Have that we will be ready to meet you when you come. Bless the, the, the Touch of Love ministry and, and bless this church in a mighty way. Uh, so that when you come again, when you come in power and great glory, that all of us who are here this morning will be ready to meet you. Because we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.